Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the other verse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's most ornithological work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Execution, chapters 13.7 and 13.8. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know how to operate a lost shower and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there'll be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. All right. The summary for this week, Blake channels his inner scary movie monster while Green Eyes embraces her inner romantic heroine. While in pursuit of the Duchamps, they encounter a living curse and make a deal with it. Blake stabs a maenad and gets the drunk to betray his wife. Blake and Jeremy discuss targets. Blake and Green Eyes are sneaky and attack the Ritchie brothers. They have a wild goblin fight. Evan gets hurt. Blake is pissed. (laughs) Then he has a weirdly easy kill at the end. What do you think of these chapters, Malia? They were really packed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad that you didn't make me stop reading right after Jeremy's like, I'm going to break everyone's heart now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was kind of disappointed at myself I didn't do that because that would have been really... Uh, it's really funny but uh <laughs> yeah so it was it was distressing in multiple ways it's fun seeing blake be really good at the practice and it's fun and and blake blake did what i wanted him to do last week which was like a month ago so that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah, happy 2023 y'all <laughs> Woo-hoo! happy new year what what <laughs> all right well um we start with blake channeling his inner scary movie monster and green eyes embracing her inner romantic heroine um yeah so blake is thinking about himself and how he's the monster from the movies um he says that he's becoming less of like the ambrose fragment and more of a complete thing by embracing this role and whatever and i guess it's like i mean it's interesting that this is good karma it makes sense because if monster movie bad guys always had bad karma, then they wouldn't be good movies. <laughs> like nothing would really happen. Like they're rewarded for playing their role. And that is very like part of the system. But it's interesting that he's like, I mean, he's, I, it seems like he's, he's trying to use this element of the system to break it. And maybe that'll work, but maybe just like playing into it is bad and also like the monster dies at the end of the movie Eh, he doesn't he's not worried about that right now so (laughs) the monster loses usually well he i mean he's not comparing that part of himself to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um he's getting but he's getting really good at it he's like i'm letting them see me a little bit and they get super freaked out and it's great um just because you know he needs to keep going and then they do the thing last week i was like oh my gosh, like, fucking talk to each other. Literally, just fucking talk to each other. And Blake's like, hey, green eyes, that guy? Don't attack that guy. He's he's karma guy. And I don't want you to, like, get super hurt and just don't do it. Just don't do it. And she's like, okay, I will try to not do that. And it's so great. Like, we're being clear. We're communicating things in advance. We're 
I mean, because, yeah, we're learning that Green Eyes gets, likes to attack people. uh, Mm -hmm. And so Blake is like, well, sometimes that's bad. And, And Green Eyes is like, okay, Blake wants me to not just jump on people all the time. So we're learning and we're communicating. And I'm very proud of everyone. Yay! Progress! Which yeah, is like one chapter does in terms of, wow, they did it. <laughs> like, wow. Look at, look at you. Look at growing you. Growing up so fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we got this interesting thing where Green Eyes is like, yeah, I don't trust myself enough to know, to be able to say definitively that I won't attack that guy, but I will try not to. And I think it's good that she doesn't make definitive statements because this is the other verse and i also think that it's interesting that she's like wait you trust yourself (laughs) and blake's like yeah i do i'm blake and that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) as someone who has acknowledged in past arcs the influence of the abyss on his instincts and his decision making and maybe some of his you know whatever um, mm-hmm. the idea that he's like, I'm not actually that monstrous and I'm great is something I wish he would question a little bit more. I don't know if I'm supposed to take this as like, like a relief a growth or <laughs> right. Like, oh, cool. He is still not a monster totally or whatever. Or if it's like, no, Blake, really think about it. <laughs> you and Green Eyes are much more similar than you accept. Like, maybe you don't think it was cool to kill Jan. But, but Green Eyes maybe didn't think it was cool to kill whoever the fuck. Like you are, diff- whatever. Maybe think about it. That's but right. also, he is reflecting on it or something. Sort of. I don't know. Nah. I continue to not be sure how worried I should be about Blake. Neutral statement. All right. <laughs> um, while in pursuit of the Duchamps, they encounter a living curse. And they end up making a deal with him. Yes. Um, right before that, though. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, no, just a sort of small thing. It, Green Eyes is like, I think being with you helps me like be more sure of myself or whatever. And Blake's mm. like, holy fuck, can you stop? And then Evan. Oh, yeah. gets this, How like, did I move on without that part? <laughs> <laughs> Evan gets this like, look, right? Where Evan's like, looks at her and looks at Blake and he hops and like... <laughs> I think Evan ships them. <laughs> is that is that how I interpret this? That Evan's like, like she likes you, because <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I'm interpreting this. Is Evan being like, like <laughs> she likes you, and Blake's like, I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cute. Uh, that's cute. That's really cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Green eyes and Evan continue to be very fun and. Um, yeah. And there's also a funny thing where, you know, Blake's like, oh, why is she always like bringing this up in like these bad situations? And it's like, Blake, when are you not in a bad situation? Like, yeah. And also, I mean, no time has passed. So maybe Blake would have gone down to the lake in a day or two and just hung out with green eyes and like not done much. I could see him doing that. But like, she's here because you need her to like, eat people. (laughs) And she wouldn't necessarily be here if you didn't need her to eat people. So like, when else does she have an opportunity to make moves on you? Yeah. This is basically the (laughs) equivalent of their dinner date. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) Thank you. All Um, right. 
Now we can talk about the curse guy. Curse guy. Curse guy. Um, so he sees some blonde bearded man drawing diagrams, and it's obviously some sort of trap. And it gets bigger when Blake et al. go toward it. <laughs> and Green Eyes does this fun refrain of like, let's go around. Let's not fuck with this. Let's go around. Let's move on. We're wasting time. Let's go around. And it's kind of great. And it makes me sad that Blake just like doesn't acknowledge her. Um, but yeah, like this does end up working out, but it was pretty risky. Um, Blake seems to think that if they try to go around, they would lose time and they would get away. I mean, that's presumably why this is here, right? Is to give the Duchamps a chance to get away. So um, it seems like this diagram is set so that if you get close enough to it, it will trigger and break the box that's at the center of the diagram and allow the thing at the center of the diagram to get out and fuck you up, right? And that's why there's these big, I mean, relatively large gaps that Blake is able to get through to get to the box because the box isn't supposed to be, the box is containing the curse and we don't want the curse to be contained when we want it to get out. So that's pretty cool. Um, Blake manages to figure it out and get at it. Um, the The explanation of like, I spent weeks reading these books is interesting because like you spent a week maybe reading these books and maybe you, you know, probably hopefully learned some stuff. Um, but it still seems like he's better at this than he should be. <laughs> um, and it's helpful that Evan and Green Eyes, Evan in this case, have really good eyes because Evan's able to see that there's a box and describe it and be like, yes, it's a Jenga box. Um, but yeah, so he he gets the box and he's like, what's up, box? Let's walk. And the box was <laughs> <What's> like, box. <laughs> Hello, my name is Inamunaminimus. And I started calling him Iggy. I'm on a PA. I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> Probably Ignomius or something. So Iggy, Iggy. is like, fuck you, Blake. I'm above you because you're a, from the abyss and therefore you're beneath me. <laughs> and Evan's like, I'm a bird. <laughs> Can I talk to you? And he's like, whatever. <laughs> so... And I find it surprising that this is another case of another being like, oh, yes, Blake, I can read you and know your whole deal. You're not bound to the Solomon seal. You're bound to the truth. And I just know that from looking at you. And I'm like, that's convenient. I guess I don't get it. <laughs> um, so we do this, like, answer my questions and I might let you out. And mm -hmm. they're able to figure out, you know, he's supposed to destroy and fuck with people for 15 minutes and then wait to be bound again. Um. And Evan can't be his master because he's vaguely mortal, vaguely a man, not a bird, not yet a man, not a bird, not yet not a yet. man. <laughs> uh, I hope people understood that reference. Um, and Blake's like, yeah, well, we should mess with that practitioner because he sucks and you shouldn't be with a box, man. Boxes suck um boxes suck yeah yes. like you're in a box and that means that you and that guy aren't friends so that's right that's true that's mean and let's do something about this and he's like i can't hurt the dude directly or indirectly and he's like okay what about those chicks 
And he's like, those chicks are his allies. And Blake's like, what if I tell you they're not? (laughs) So basically he's like, yeah, go fuck with the blonde women. Don't permanently harm them. Because, look, they're all in division. And Iggy's like, that's good enough for me. And... (laughs) And, um... (laughs) So Blake throws down the Jenga box. And, like, the scream pops out. Like... Like, the Scream Mask incarnate and bigger is how I picture Iggy. Mm-hmm. And he, he screams and he runs off <laughs> to fuck with some people. Um, he seems to make people see things that are upsetting and he manages to, yeah, distract them and mess them all up while Blake can enact more plans. Yay. It makes me wonder what the heck he's doing exactly, because, I don't know, I'm like, the way that the scene was, because Blake is like, um, what's he say? So, yeah, plague them, torment them, but don't inflict any permanent harm on them. Nothing they'll suffer from in body, mind, or heart more than a day from now. And I don't know, I I feel like, just, I feel like they might be bothered more than a day. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. <laughs> but unless they're like so it's I don't know, unless it's something like pretty mundane, like you know, the he's making making them. Oh no. <laughs> or like, oh man, I'm stuck in front of someone who wants to pay like with rolls of coins. Oh god. You know? <laughs> like at the grocery store and I'm just waiting forever. <laughs> or I'm at the DMV. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I don't know, like to be like tormented. I think that's a good example of torment that is awful. But once you get out of the situation, it's like, it not goes that away. Bad. Yeah. Um, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Iggy, the spirit <laughs> of the DMV. <laughs> 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 oh, then, oh! You ha- you don't have the right documents. <laughs> you have to. Oh my God, this reminds me of you them. filled out the wrong form. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm assuming that's universal, even if it's not like the DMV in particular, or like there's some kind of an off a governmental office that you have to wait for some shit that like is super inefficient and. Is a pain in the ass, and every and it just sucks. Yeah, social security offices suck because you can't bring your phone into federal buildings, and mm. they take a long time, and so you're just sitting suck. there without your phone. Um, I think I started bringing a book. Yeah, one of my old jobs, um, I worked with refugees, and my job was to help them get like ID, and so I spent a lot of time at the DFB <laughs> and got pretty oh, good yeah. at it. But there was this one time that there was this woman who she had waited too long to get her ID because, like, the refugee exception that allows you to, like, not need quite as many documents only lasts for a year. And she'd been in the country, like, a little bit over that and hadn't gotten her ID for some reason. I'm not sure why, because, you know, we try to be on top of helping people get that. But she didn't have it. Mm. And and she was very, very pregnant. Oh, no. (laughs) And I remember oh, just, like, that's the worst. And she couldn't speak thing. like any English. And I remember dragging this poor woman who's super pregnant all over Syracuse. And I don't think it was snowing yet, but it was cold. And trying to communicate like, 
okay, we need to get you like a Costco membership card. Cause like her, the bills and like stuff that can count as documentation were all in her husband's name. And they didn't have the mm. same last name. Cause like if they had the same last name, it could oh. count, but they didn't. Um, most, uh. I think. I don't know if it's the Congo or where exactly, but there are countries or cultures where like your la- like your second name isn't a family name. You just sort of have two names um, and hmm. you don't change your name when you get married and stuff. So it was like all of these fucking problems. Like I like, signed this woman up for like a Costco card. I don't even know. Like not a Costco card because that's a credit card. Just like shit. I don't even know. I was signing this woman up. <laughs> we were running around. It was awful. And I was finally like, okay this card should come in 30 days and hopefully we can get you an ID. So she comes back and I was like, okay, good. Like, yes, we have all the stuff. We can go, we can do it. And we go to the DMV and she still had her to water have- breaks. No. Well, she'd had the baby between then. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's important information to know. I, think, I, almost, I actually think she had had to reschedule the time to come in to get her ID with me because she had the baby or something. <laughs> Oh, just like Anabo had the baby. I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever, come back, whatever. Yeah, so, so, so she came back and she still had to have a letter saying she was a refugee to help with some of the documents or something. And that was like mm-hmm. my big job was to make sure they had that and get them there and whatever. So we get there and I hadn't thought about it, but that letter's only good for a month. And oh, so no. it was dated for more than a month, like away. And so they were like, this letter isn't good. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I turned to her and I'm just like, this is literally going to be fine. We have to go back to the place. So I had to go back. She was like, she was like, what? I was like, no, literally, it's okay. I just have to make, like, if my boss is there, it's all going to be fine. Because I just have to redo this letter. And it was awful, but we did it. And she got her ID and everything was fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, I felt I'm glad so bad. I spent a lot um, of time relying on like google translate it was great when they spoke like french or something because the google translate was like pretty good with french but like arabic or um kenya kenya what is that one um no afrikaans is like dutch so i probably could have oh okay made some shit happen with that um kenya rwanda anyway it's all these languages and if it was one like that i was like we're gonna be fine (laughs) It was great. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I like the DMV. Uh, it, like, people there raucous. knew me. It was fun. Like <laughs> it was fun. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Was mom, I wrote a, mom was like, I've never heard anyone say they liked the DMV in their life. I wrote a blog post <laughs> as part of that because it was like a service year. And so they were like, write about your experience. And so I wrote one that said, uh, the title was like, how I learned to stop worrying and love the DMV. <laughs> Doctor Strange love reference. <laughs> Pretty great. I, I'm going to tell you though that that pregnant lady who's not pregnant anymore. Um, if she had been tortured by that demon, that's exactly what she would have been doing—just being dragged around Syracuse so in the cold. I bet she might have been bothered by it for more than a day. Um, I did. I don't remember why I went to her house. It might have because I went to her house at one point. And I met a baby, and it was the cutest, happiest baby I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It was like so this happy, and it like <laughs> this must have. She must have still. This must have been the first day, and she was still pregnant. 
because it was I think it could, it could kind of walk this baby and it like kind of like walked up to me and like put its hands on my knee it was like hi stranger and I was like you're so cute and I like picked it up so, that was fun that's adorable are you saying it's happier it was like happier than Lily I don't know Lily's like such a happy she was such a happy Lily's baby really happy. she's still happy she does get really angry though so I, could, I, don't, I don't know, know if that- Lily is that willing to approach strangers honestly well it depends um she's some people yeah i mean yeah she's definitely gotten uh she might have to see you a couple times but like because I, I know um some of our uh I think like miko speech therapists she like would go up and just like rest her head on her knee oh. <laughs> and so, just very cute so so i don't know um That's so cute. <laughs> kids are cute Oh man. (sighs) Okay, let's keep going. We're 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 trying to be speedy because Malia has a whale watch to get to. Right. The balance between speed and content. Yes, speed (laughs) and content. So we're trying to get this done uh in 35 minutes from now. So (laughs) we'll see if that works. (laughs) If not, then uh we may have to record something after your whale watch as well. But let's go, let's go. Okay. Um is this the next next part, or do you have anything else to say about this? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Black Blake blah, 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 Blake stabs a maidad and gets the drunk to betray his wife. Yeah, so Blake starts talking about the witch and the drains and like the high priestess with the left hand, and he's like, "I have to be careful who I keep around me." And Green Eyes is like, "Are you talking about me?" And then they get attacked, and so he doesn't respond. And I'm wondering, did Green Eyes take this as a positive or a negative? Or what? Because mm. um, he, in this fight, reflects on, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, but, like, you know, keep your friends close and, um, you know, helps green eyes and trusts and the power of friendship, like, kills that main ad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's really great. And it feels like this is a nice, like, positive thing. Um, and that Blake is acknowledging, like, yeah, I should keep green eyes and evan you know close because they're great um and yeah so when the one main eye dies the everyone else shows up including jeremy jeremy like, jeremy's here time to cry because <laughs> <laughs> um this is upsetting um blake is calling for green eyes and she's not responding and they have this fun talk about how blake's a nuisance and Jeremy's doesn't want to attack his friends. He just thinks they should be banished from Jacob's Bell. And Blake's like, that sounds good to me. And Jeremy's like, I wanted to be a good lord, even though I've done shitty things to get here. And it's like, I know some teenage girls you should talk to about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and Blake's just like, I just wanted to destroy the Juve Shamp's power base. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe you're not so bad after all. Destroy my wife's family. That sounds great. <laughs> Count me in. <gasps> oh my god. Um, it seems like he he doesn't want any of the Duchamps to be hurt, but he does hate the family and what it stands for. So that's cool. Um, maybe he's also like, okay, if I can get Sandra to back down, then she won't get killed or whatever, and that's great. Um, and then we have this upsetting moment where Jeremy's kind of like, have you had your heart broken? Like, this is important. Mm. And Blake's like, I am a heart that is broken. <laughs> <laughs> He's Which like, that's deep, bro. It's deep. 
and like yeah we're going back to the whole you know who has the heart and who has the soul and who has ambrose's whatever because blake seems to think yeah i am a broken heart i am i am ambrose's broken heart um so is rose just heartless i am jeremy's spleen i was trying to make a fight club reference and it just didn't work (laughs) no but (laughs) i'm jeremy's spleen (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i don't remember that part of the movie (laughs) the okay wait it has been a long time since i saw fight club to be fair but fight club i am spleen i am jack's medulla oblongata i am jill's nipple um jill's nipple i am jack's smirking revenge um it's something about cancer and i'm not gonna lie i am jack's colon yeah i am jack's raging bile duct I am Jack's cold sweat. I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. (laughs) I am Jack's inflamed sense of rejection. I am Jack's smirking revenge. I am Jack's broken heart. Yeah, there wasn't a spleen in there. At least that I saw. Broken heart. Um, I'm Jack's spleen. I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's rough. I am. I don't know. The complete lack of surprise just got me. That's funny. Who in this story is the most? I feel like Jeremy is like lack of surprise. <laughs> Sandra's all. Sandra has a complete lack of surprise in this. Well, yeah, not she's complete. Just like, lack. Well, she's a little surprised. She's kind of like, well, it was a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, that's the vibes. That's uh, definitely the vibe. Um, yeah, Blake's like, no, I don't want the Duchamps to die. I just want their entire power structure to be taken out from under them because I need them to fight against Johannes for me. So. They have to still exist. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so this is when Sandra shows up and we also learn that Green Eyes is like poised, ready to bite Jeremy's dick off. So that's cool. That's right. <laughs> and I wrote okay. Girl Chill. <laughs> Girl Chill. Girl Chill. Um, and so we're at this really intense moment where everyone can, you know, tell everyone to strike. And Blake's like, come on, Green Eyes. Like, come on. It's just come back like let's not do this right now because blake is on the good karma train and he's like hey how much bad karma do you rack up for attacking us now after i've you know backed off and jeremy says i imagine it's less than turning on one's wife and then he dramatically turns around you just know the spirits fucking love that (laughs) and i'm like You can't do this. (laughs) And so we get a fun Star Wars moment where Jeremy says, I love you so much, Sandra. And then Sandra says, I know. know. Bastard. Bastard. (laughs) Just like, I wonder how much mom is listening to me because she's like stamping behind me. What? You're not listening to me scream? (laughs) Rude. It's just a normal thing. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I mean, I don't know what that says about... uh... (laughs) Yeah. So then... (laughs) (laughs) I'm the screamer. (laughs) I'm the screamer. 
Yeah, he kept upsetting You're us. You're one with to her talk, mom. When we were watching football. Um, oh, Ben. I thought you said Jen. Oh, no, Ben. Ben's the screamer. Because okay. we were watching football and he kept really upsetting Swiffer because um, um, he has no chill. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. And Swiffer has like really bad. It's almost like PTSD, but I don't know what experiences he's had with fireworks specifically. He had a bad one. And so whenever there's fireworks, he like freaks out and like shakes and tries to like hide under things. And it's really awful. And so combined New Year's Eve with Ben is watching his beloved Georgia Bulldogs almost lose, but then barely (laughs) at the very end not. And so just like, (laughs) so he just uh, terrorized the dog essentially so then swiffer would be like very upset ear shattering man scream um which is fine usually but not when there's a poor little traumatized doggy and we've told you four times that there's a poor little traumatized doggy and he's poor and traumatized and doggy yeah yeah and small and small but yeah oh poor doggy <laughs> <laughs> so sad poor swiffer i want to give him a hug i know and it's like <sighs> it was funny because the fireworks, like, some were just happening around, like, 8 o'clock, and then they kind of calmed down. And then Swiffer sort of, like, calmed down, but then became, like, like jubilant. Like, he was like, we survived! Like, he's just, like, running around the house. Yeah, and so he got, like, so happy and, like, jumping around and, like, so excited. Aww. And it was so great and sad because then it you know happened again later where there were fireworks and the next morning he was just like hi you're alive (laughs) which was very cute and also really heartbreaking she's the best uh he's he's a cute little mop yeah um i like that everyone is confused by jeremy betraying his wife like everyone's like, hey, <laughs> like what? Hey, what the fuck is going on? Hey, bro, what are you doing? Like, all the satyrs are upset because they all like Sandra, and <clears throat> Blake's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and Jeremy's like, well, maybe later. Um, and you know, no killing or hurting the Duchamps unless it's self defense, and it's a go time. Um, it's a go time, and um. So some of the bad karma from this decision is that all of his people are unhappy about it and don't want to attack Sandra. Um, So that's a fun aspect. And then, you know, Sandra and Jeremy negotiate how long it'll be until Sandra six Hilder on them. Um, I think it's fun that one troll is such a huge threat against all of Jeremy's people. Um, like, it sounds like, you know, my people could take Hilder, but, like, all of them, kind of? Um, and also, like, Jeremy c- cares about Hilder, and I don't know. It's really awful. Um, and then they do the whole no asking for forgiveness, and all of our hearts break. And Sandra's like, yeah, I'm being a bitch, but also your husband is betraying you. But also, she knew this would happen, but not right now. And yeah, they say goodbye. Yeah. And it's forever, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> and Blake's like, no, but what's happening? <laughs> and Evan's like, I'm also confused. I am not alone. Which is great. Uh, and we all cry. And we all cry. <sighs> so after that, Blake and Jeremy discuss their targets. Yeah. Um. So they're like kind of maybe retreating but also not 
it's because Hilda's coming, right? And they only have like a little over three minutes. And so um, Jeremy's like, cool, so you're killing husbands. And Blake's like, yeah, there's three people here and there's another guy somewhere else. And, you know, who are you after? Well, the dude with the super good karma and then the Richie brothers. And it's another thing where Jeremy's like, well, I don't know why the dude with super good karma needs to die, but if he did, I wouldn't know about it. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then the Richie brothers, it's like, yeah, you should kill them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you why, but yeah, they definitely should. I'm cool with that. I'm wondering why no one's going to tell them why. I mean, he starts saying, like, they fall under my God's domain, and he specifically lists beasts, madness, and fertility. And I'm like, that sounds really bad. If yeah. one of their daughters wants them to die. And it's something possibly related to beast madness and or fertility. Like, I don't want to know at this point. <laughs> I really don't want to know. Well, um, well, maybe we won't ever know. Right. Because they're Cause probably no dead. It. Um, yeah. And so they're all kind of moving. And Blake's standing there with his power pose. And Jeremy's like, hey, maybe you don't want to fuck with Hilder Because she's like, kind of a big deal. And Blake's like, but I'm Batman. <laughs> I am Bat Blake, and I must kill. This is my I chance. Must I must fulfill my role as the movie monster villain who totally doesn't always lose. And yeah, he's like, they're tired, and I'm gonna get them. And piggyback is engaged, and we go, and we go. All right. Next, Blake and Green Eyes are sneaky, um, mostly sneaky, and attack the Richie brothers yeah so the satyrs are helping out and they're not happy about it um i think green eyes is happy about it because i think she thinks they're hot which is fun um and they have a conversation about how blake should maybe plug his eyes out to get better eyes <laughs> and blake's like i hate that um <laughs> which is good um and it's wild that evan's like yeah this would be better but also his eyes do Fame. suck i guess <laughs> yeah there's no I mean, guarantee that they'd be better if he plucked them out. Yeah, that's true. They just might be more fucked. I mean, if if his eyes are similar to like, I don't know, like are the, they're just like human 20? eyes or yeah. did he have bad eyesight to where he needs to go back to the house and get his contacts or like, you know. Yeah, we haven't I'm guessing had a discussion of that. It seems like it's a human eye thing. Probably a human eye thing. Yeah. Well, maybe he should just bring a telescope with him. Binoculars. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> man with binoculars around his neck and a broken sword and a mermaid. <laughs> you would have absolutely no theme cohesion at that point. No, not at all. That'd be awful. I guess it'd the bird. Though, if he was like the bird watching boogeyman. That bird be watcher. Mm, I think Ben didn't That's hear that. Possibly creepy. No. Um, <laughs> and then there's a thing where. Green Eyes maybe speculates about whether he still has a flesh dick, and we move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we kind of hear the bell. We get that the satyrs are unhappy. They're advancing. They have to go around some diagrams. And then there's a gargoyle. And um, maybe the gargoyle smells like bad meat, which is creepy. And it smells like mm. a homunculus. And Blake's like, hey, can you guys distract them? And the satyrs are like, look at him. And he's like, hey, can you just not say anything? <laughs> and, you know, 
Green Eyes takes Evan to fight the gargoyle, which is cool. Um, but this alerts. Or no, this doesn't alert. I don't know. Likes like distraction time and he sneaks around. And I know that's okay. People of the north and far south. I know that snow is supposed to dampen footsteps, but when I've walked through snow that's like fresh snow, it's really loud. <laughs> it like crunches a lot. It's like really loud. So is it like packed snow that kind of hides your footsteps or is it all crunches? I mean, I haven't watched as much snow as you probably, but like if it's powdery, you wouldn't <laughs> think it would crunch, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> you're like compacting it with every step. Okay, so it is powdery snow. It's just like a. It's not quite a crunch, but it's like a like a, <sighs> a weird thud. It's it feels crunchy. Because when you say crunchy, I'm thinking of ice. It's a whole bunch of little 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 ice being smushed together. I mean, I know what you're saying because like snow's like frozen, but it's not white. <laughs> it's not know? like cracking. It's crunching. All right, I'm gonna have to hear. Uh, some people's opinions on this right, it's either gonna go one way or the other more informed please describe. i'm not informed i live in I texas i lived in hawaii i know nothing <laughs> right so. i lived in real winter for a year so somebody describe if i'm totally wrong and or what is the conditions of snow that dampen footsteps hmm. i mean i'm just gonna say this malia wild bill is from canada so no, i feel like I he think- probably I think this is uh, saying for a reason. I think it's true. Because if you're like walking on with like, you know, high heels on pavement, that's going to be a lot louder than like on dirt or whatever. Like I understand that like this is probably a thing, but I don't understand the type of snow that does it. So are you saying it's like a shoe type of thing? Are you saying it's like no. if if Blake wears high heels, then he'll be good? No, I think it'd be bad. Uh, okay, but I'm I'm just gonna tell you this, Malia. Just googling. Look, I just googled it. But like, what kind of snow dampens sounds? And it says not just any snow can trap noise. It has to be the freshly fallen, light and fluffy. Wet and heavy snow doesn't leave those spaces for sound to be trapped. So a couple of inches of snow can absorb as much as sixty percent of sound. It just has to be fluffy, freshly fallen. So as the snow starts to melt, the little cat sound catching spaces start to go away. Hmm. So. So I'm thinking you haven't really walked through really fresh snow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that's an article. Uh, so <laughs> y'all weigh in. Yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they find the practitioners and the satyrs decide to be dick balls and let out these Damn huge dick balls. <laughs> so everyone turns and just sees Blake like, and blake continues his whole i'm not here to kill all of you just some of you this is the duchamps that want this children want this it's fine um mason's really annoying the benevolent and at one point he's like i'm on the list too and evan's like wait your turn and it was really funny but like how does he know (laughs) that he's on the list and is that good karma or his death know. thing at the end. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. we're not there yet. So, so they have a wild, weird ass goblin fight. Yeah, the image of somebody just throwing their frog was pretty funny. Um, 
We saw some really cute little frogs uh, a couple nights ago. They were very cute. Fucking love frogs. They were very frog. This is a big frog, and it gets bigger. (laughs) I've been trying to teach Miko animal sounds, and there's some things he just, like, does not say right, no matter how many times I... (laughs) I think it's like a speech therapy type of thing. But um, for for frogs, he says, ruff, ruff, ruff. (laughs) like a dog and i'm like yeah ribbit ribbit and he's like ruff, 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 ruff. <laughs> like all right you know it's it's close enough i guess that's really cute it's very cute um but yes yeah, so this goblin's really scary it has iron worked into its fingers and there's nails inserted in vertically in its mm. face and <clears throat> he has diamond eye sockets that are permanently open and he doesn't have lips anymore and like this is gonna be a no from me. Like no thanks. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But he's like, oh, you have Back a shitty, amazing goblin sword. I have a not. I have two not shitty, amazing goblin swords. Mm. <laughs> um, plus more. So this is a big scary goblin who gets other goblins to succumb and or gets those weapons from other goblins or whatever. Mm-hmm. And or is given them by his goblin practitioner yeah um but they fight and it's really gross and blake talks about smelling really gross stuff and he's worried about it yeah i'm gonna tell you because like you wrote down a quote that says just iron rich scent of bloody feces i'm gonna tell you right now like everyone who's worked in the hospital has been around one knows exactly what a gi bleed smells like it's it's like fucking distinct and i feel like that is a really good description to where uh it seems like wild bows must have been around a gi bleed before because it's just like very distinct very strong what's mom saying she's singing the camp down ladies (laughs) okay i thought she was i thought she was charming and about gi bleeds no she can't hear you (laughs) oh you're right she can't hear me but yeah just uh yeah it's fucking gross so that's unfortunate um and blake keeps trying to like talk to this dude and reason him and he's not talking back um he's like no they suck yo let's talk about this and he's just not responding um there's a fun goblin birthing moment where he uses this gross knife to cut this car and the car rusts and freaks out and then a bunch of little gobbos pop out it's pretty wild. That was fun. That was a fun pale moment, sort mm-hmm. of, um, with the like gremlin keyboard or whatever. Um, I was talking to a coworker just about like Hawaii because I always talk about Hawaii because I miss it. Um, and we're talking about how there's some cheap ish flights at the moment. Um, or at least there were like last week. Um, and I was talking about like yeah, like going to see a whale watch and or like going to see the whales and stuff and a fucking coworker like comes up behind me and she's like you guys shouldn't you shouldn't be talking about me like that <laughs> like in terms of a whale like just to, she, <laughs> yeah i got really red and was like oh donna that's not what we were saying <laughs> and she, she thought it was real funny <laughs> she's like how do you respond yeah, I was like, what, how am I supposed to respond to that? You're not a whale. <laughs> I'm talking about actual whales. And then, yeah, then all my coworkers started laughing. Anyway, I just That's wanted to funny. tell you that. Not that, not, not people whales. Whale whales. 
actual whales. Not talking about people, whales. People aren't whales. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so the Duchamp start doing this thing where they're trying to like enchant Blake to like bind him, I'm assuming. And Evan mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of freeing Blake. Um, and, you know, so there's this enchantment, there's a big goblin, there's a bunch of small goblins. And it's it's a really awful time. Um, and the big gobbo has this big axe and it's awful. And he throws Blake and then Blake's in a diagram and it's all like, ah, bad. Um, and Blake thinks about how he studied these, studied the shit for weeks. And so he's going to do the instinct now um, <laughs> with the knowledge and Evan. And Evan. Um, and yeah, so he, Evan helps and he apologizes for the death grip that he has on him, which is nice because they had that thing about tinkerbelling and we're, we're making stuff work. Making stuff work. Making it work. Evan gets hurt and Blake is pissed off. Oh my God. So then, so this is the three beat of the, the enchantment snare and Evan breaks it again, which is great because Evan has a problem with three beats sometimes. Um, but is good at freeing other people. And <laughs> there's this sweet moment where Blake's like, go help Green Eyes if she needs it. Cause you know, this is the three beat. So he, whatever. And you're sure? No. <laughs> and Evelyn <laughs> flies off and it's this like kind of funny, like sweet moment or whatever. And then the goblin is like watching the bird and it's like, why are you watching the bird? And he opens its mouth and we learn why he hasn't been talking. <laughs> and it's because his mouth is filled with like, gun barrels <laughs> which like cool yeah mom how do you real yeah, I, I love just that <laughs> she just and so one of the gun barrels has a crossbow and one of them has needles and i think the other one was empty but yeah it breaks like it wore braces and i was like nerd but they're not braces <laughs> <laughs> so he shoots the crossbow at evan and evan falls and it's very traumatizing for everyone. Yeah. And I'm not okay. At least Mm-mm. he's not currently dead. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Ah! So so luckily, you know, normally when like you're in a fight and you turn because you're distracted and you're like worrying about your friend, that's when you get like fucked up or whatever. But for Blake, mm-hmm. it works out. Like when Blake is like, okay, I'm going to help Green Eyes with this myad and not worry about mine, it all works out. And when he's like, Evan... And he like looks despairingly after him to see if he's alive. It really works out. It really um, works out. He misses, except he misses a great opportunity to get better eyesight. Um, <laughs> um, but in awesome. what would have been a horrible way. So he turns and these horrible needle things uh, break a bunch of branches instead of his face. So yay. Yay. <laughs> and he goes and gets Evan and Evan is very hurt and cannot fly. And puts Evan inside his body. And he thinks about how the human part of Blake wants revenge for hurting Evan. And the monster part of Blake wants revenge for hurting Evan. But Blake, as a full individual, wants the mission. The mission. The mission. And so he decides to let it go and kill the real monsters. Which is wild, honestly. <laughs> I mean, this is really scary and bad and dr- like yeah but also is i guess he's a familiar so he's not necessarily bound but we don't know all the circumstances and he is kind of like following orders and not like 
doing weird beast mm-hmm. fertility. Oh, madness, I'm not saying it was bad. It just, on, you know, it was surprising children. when I read this for the first time that like Blake didn't just like fucking go. You know, mm. he has a lot of self restraint in this moment, and I'm wondering if that it's just really weird is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little it weird though, but good. I don't know. Yeah, like the whole like left hand high priestess thing. Like this is him fighting against his instincts, kind of, and like going with his overall goals that's right okay you got one minute <laughs> up to you uh no i think i should all right go. we will it. reconvene have fun watching whales thanks and it's gonna be super awesome and let me know when you're done and we can keep recording yay yay all right we're back yay Woo! um if you're wondering why my voice sounds cruddier <laughs> um because I'm slightly sick and my voice towards the end of the day has been getting more uh, funky. There you go. Sultry. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how I described it, but sure, we'll go with that. So I will sultrily uh, read our last section summary, which is Blake has a weirdly easy kill. Yeah, this was wild. Um, So first he's like, I'm going to get these brothers now. And um, he uses Evan's blood to help with the diagram guy. And he has the axe. I was confused. This this whole thing was a lot and very confusing. But he, so he uses the scary goblin axe and smacks one of the Richie brothers in the groin. And then puts a chain around the other one's neck and his whole fucking head flies off. <laughs> uh, is what I understood. Um, and the goblin king is like, hey familiar just don't kill everyone it's fine and so that's nice (laughs) that's nice (laughs) and blake's like and now you and mason's like great and blake's like he's like if you think it's right strike me true and blake stabs him in the chest and walks away and i guess uh that's it maybe i don't know i guess yeah i guess we'll see but that is hilarious if if that's how he actually died that's i mean i really love this thing yeah (laughs) like i read it and i was like oh i bet there's a trick and then i was like no i bet his trick is just that everyone buys into his bullshit and blake was like nah (laughs) (laughs) but also wouldn't he he try a little bit harder right like i I don't know never had to right and like i like the idea of next chapter we get the last deschamps husband and then we move on to like Johannes or whatever. Like, I think that's a nice. Mm. And like, part of this is cheating because I'm pretty sure there's 16 arcs in Pale. So it feels like Pale. <laughs> Impact. And so, <laughs> and if this one was we deal with the Duchamps, the next one is we deal with Johannes. And then the last one, the last two are like, well, the, la- the next one is the Behames ish and then like Rose and stuff or something. Um, that's what makes sense to me, but we don't have to do that. So. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do anything. But given that there's one chapter and one narrowly left in this arc, it feels like it would be satisfying for a little bit of time to pass and Blake to just like show up and kill the enchanter. And then... Yeah, almost cathartic. I don't know. Jeremy, <laughs> do something. and There's got to be a fun mic drop, right? Who's going to drop the mic? J- um, Jeremy? <laughs> I don't know. 
I guess so. All right. I would have something more to say, but I'm tired, so. <laughs> At least that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. All that's right. Um, <coughs> that's fine. Um, now we're at our pale and comparison section. So we're going to talk about something that compares to pale. Yeah, this isn't really a comparison. This is like a mental freakout that I had. Have you read the newest <laughs> pale chapter that was released I read, last night? I read part of it, but okay. I didn't read the whole thing. So I don't really, this shouldn't be too much of a spoiler. Um, and okay. if you've read more than 10 paragraphs, 15 paragraphs, it shouldn't spoil anything. Um, okay. But <clears throat> I had just finished my notes for this episode and <laughs> then my got a discord notification like new chapter and i was like oh and so i click into it and i'm reading through it and it's saying it's like so it's a little it's like you know in the past it's a little girl it's obviously a practitioner family and it says something about like spending a lot of time in water or something and mm -hmm. i freaked out and i was like is this green eyes like are we going to learn that green eyes has like <laughs> been horribly lying or something like that she's like actually part of this whole shit i like freaked out and i was like that is not this book <laughs> yeah it's not this book but that's funny so that was a fun moment of being like green eyes <laughs> and then being like no just kidding that's pretty good um <clears throat> yeah yeah grandpa was pretty fucking harsh it's like, dude, you're kind of being a dick. Yeah, that chapter but, was upsetting on like a lot of levels. Yeah. And very good and very upsetting. I'm not done with it yet, but uh, yeah, what I read is upsetting and very and good. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. But I thought Sweet. it'd be funny to <laughs> feel like Malia can't keep anything straight. <laughs> it's where we're at. I mean, it's hard to be going over two books at once. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, a thing to compare kind of is, like, I feel like Blake has, like, Verona-level powers of, like, figuring out diagrams or something. Like, it just seems mm. really good. Um, and maybe this was, like, there's these big fucking gaps and, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's not that hard, but, like, I don't know. I can't tell if this is, like, this is convenient for the plot or this is wild. And he's I Grandma Rose. <laughs> I guess we will see as we go on. Um, I am going to move on, unless you have anything else to say. No. Nope. Um, to your bold and specific prediction. So hit it. Um. So I always like to predict who this, the interlude point of view, point of view, point of view will be from. Um. So I want to do that, and we're going to go back to an old classic. <laughs> Mm. Um, assuming that I'm right about Duchamp's Johannes Bahames Rose, um, the interlude will be from Johannes's perspective. All right. <laughs> or gotta be all. right one of these times, right? Well, we if we don't have a fucking Johannes interlude in this entire fucking story, I'm going to be like, Wild well, Boat, I know you're busy. You have to write a goddamn interlude from this man's perspective. <laughs> She'll consider it a wedding present. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything about this man and his domain and what the fuck. <laughs> if you could like if 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 that if if he told you like okay for your wedding present I will write I will give you a very detailed thing on one minor character from oh any my of my God. stories which what who would you choose? <laughs> like not it has to be minor. 
That's kind of a hard question because there's so many of those. Yeah, I mean, my first covers. thought, honestly, was the trench coat mouse. <laughs> All right. All right. Interesting choice. I do really want to know about Johannes, though. Um, I think Johannes, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd call Johannes minor enough for my uh, hypothetical question. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, trench coat mouse or. Trench coat mouse. Um, there's probably some great, some like lost would probably be pretty good. What do you think? Hmm. I feel like it, I'd have to pour over some of the stories because yeah. there's like been a lot of things where like, <clears throat> oh, wow, that one little detail sounded really fucking cool. Um, I bet everyone's um, like Pisces. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I count that to be minor enough. Cause it's, I also don't I mean, know that I'd get it. I don't yeah, think I'm smart I'm, enough to get it. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty fucking smart. I yeah, I d- I'm definitely right there with you. I would not, I would not get clue into that. I would be like, have the smart people figured out, and they can like dumb it down for me later. <laughs> Explain it like I'm five. That's what I need. Yeah, but um, yeah. I feel like he. Well, there's there's always more to to like everyone, but I feel like for a lot of people, you know, like the the old path that they run all the time with the firefly scary tree lady um mm-hmm. i kind of get some of her deal you know i'm not like wow i really need to know what the fuck's up with her because like i kind of get mm-hmm. it and there's probably a really great story there but like yeah like trench coat mess. <laughs> what the fuck yeah the first one i can think of just because i'm kind of tired and my brain's not it's kind of like winding down for the day but um just thinking about like who i'd want to know is a minor enough character i think the uh ballet dancer oh that's a great one i think that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah but it's your wedding present so you get the the weird ass pervert (laughs) prince we we can think about it i don't have to like settle on the first one i think of (laughs) i like the ballerina a lot (laughs) yeah the ballerina is pretty cool it's okay i mean this it's it's not real so it's not that high stakes you can change your answer (laughs) he's not gonna do it (laughs) not gonna do it <laughs> he's not it's like i have more important shit to do I'm trying to write a fucking like <laughs> trying to finish the story like epic <laughs> <coughs> yeah um oh, cool man okay well cool um our last discussion question which was like so long ago so i'm glad <laughs> we wrote it down because oh my gosh um was pick a practice and describe how you would use it to throw a bitchin party and uh we start with captain rhino um i feel like i just love all these answers um i bet i bet Poos throws great parties for the bitches and for the male dogs as well as well really enjoyable feast of fools <laughs> slash topsy-turvy day affairs with the inherent comedy of the humans serving the animals for a change great fun was had by most <laughs> um Adrothel says that you could make a really renowned haunted house, um, specifically using Scourge and Abyssal practice. Um, it's like a particularly spooky haunt, um, and it's kind of a boogeyman feeding ground, but it's not murder. It's just scares, just the spooky frights. Um, like There's some Scourge technique where you can make the terrain more abyssal, um, like cracked walls that break easily when you throw people into them. So if you have like a boogeyman who looks like a human in as a plant, maybe you could grab him and throw him into one of the walls <laughs> um, or stab them or whatever. And um, 
since it's a haunted house, innocence, you know, can like be maintained because that's the whole conceit of it. It's, you know, supposed to be a scary, spooky place where whatever, but it's not real. (laughs) So honestly, it's a lot. That's pretty damn resourceful. It's a lot more efficient. And you can like, it's like if you scare somebody and like kill them, you can't scare them again. Whereas if it's a haunted house, you know, they like getting scared and they can keep keep going back so you can keep on you know i i think that's smart yeah it's pretty cool um sorry for if i cut you off no, that <laughs> I was just thinking done. about that yeah sweet the lake tall says that they'd use fey practices to throw the most epically com- convoluted and over dramatic murder mystery party ever the lake tall can i come <laughs> if you ever do that i'd be so happy i mean i actually might be too spooked out and would leave um but yeah, it's as long fun. as like you're not going to be like made out to be the murderer, you know. That well, I was in dramatic. I was in an escape room once that was loosely based on like murder on the Orient Express or whatever. Like we were on like a train and there was a murderer, and the whole thing was like figure out the thing before the murderer comes and gets you. Oh, <laughs> and I had to ask the guy like four times. I was like. Is there anyone else in here? Will there be anyone running in here at any point? Like, will anyone be trying to scare us? And he was like, finally, he was like, no, I swear to God. And I was like, okay, I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset. It's <laughs> uh, like, dang it, you ruined the illusion. Because it's, it's kind of fun okay. to have an explanation for why you have to get out within an hour. But I was like, no. <laughs> yes, but you actually don't want to like, no, like someone's going to chase you with a chainsaw or something yeah right and it was it was cool there were like three different compartments so we would unlock a door and there'd be like another little room and so i didn't want to unlock a door and there'd be a person that's and fair. there wasn't that's totally it was fair. great awesome i'm glad <laughs> um Maisie one has a very simple answer one word biscuit <laughs> which is I fair mean, i mean enough said i suppose <laughs> hopefully it'd be safe i don't know (laughs) um sengachi has more than uh one word in fact has two different types of answers one for pale and one for packed um the pale answer is commission a ton of hot girl totems and then put mediocre effort into buying some chips and dip and then wait for the party to kick (laughs) off which i mean that's pretty like my favorite thing (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's kind of (laughs) awesome Um, and then the packed answer is get a fairy to lure Grandma Rose out of town so everyone else can throw a bitchin' party while she's gone. And which, yeah, fair. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Although, All right. couldn't Grandma Rose throw a great party? <laughs> yeah, but no one would want to go to it. True. <laughs> <laughs> has to, you know, has to be one people would actually want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, new discussion question. Is are do you approve, Malia? <laughs> yeah, I had to read it like twice to get it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So we just we talked earlier, like for us a couple hours ago, because you know, <laughs> we took a break for Malia to go out on the ocean and see like some whale. whales. Which is pretty we also sweet. saw flying fish that looked like fucking airplanes. They were like science fiction shit, like jumping out of the water and they were all blue and shiny like and they were never like, seen flying fish. Have I never seen flying forget. fish. Before? They're so cool. I always forget. So they are cool. pretty cool. Everyone was like whales. I was like, yeah, whales. And then I was like, fish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no one warned me. <laughs> I probably didn't think they had to. I guess that's fair. I feel like I've seen more whales than flying fish. Yeah. 
So, because you can see them from shore a lot more easily. But, um, but anyway, earlier we were talking about the living curse and how uh, we gave some examples for uh, mediocre uh, visions that wouldn't leave you scarred for more than a day. So, we want to know what would your mediocre <laughs> curse vision be? Something agonizing, but non, but non like legit yeah. traumatizing, non traumatizing. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at palecomparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 13.9 and 13.x. All right. I've got a fun fact. <laughs> this is the ASMR I didn't write hour. It all out. <laughs> what was that? This is the ASMR fun fact hour. This is <laughs> that's extra funny when like <laughs> when I tell you, you about this fact because oh, um, it is a musical fact um, and I know you can see it and it's probably confusing to you right now because you're like okay this is just the name of a song and who composed it mm-hmm. um, so I wrote down entry of the gladiators um, which is the name of a piece um, of military march composed in 1897 by the Czech composer Julius. Fuchik, um, which sounds like it'd be a pretty epic song. Um, have you ever heard of that, Malia? No. You d- have heard the song. <laughs> um, you definitely have heard the song. Um, it is uh, the song that you think when you say circus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that's it. That is called Entry of the Gladiators. And <laughs> wow yeah um did they ever march to it <laughs> the check i i believe so um cool. so basically uh let me see um trying to remember so i actually f- i don't remember exactly where i found this fact but i've been watching a lot of two set violin on youtube so i have a feeling it might have been from them just because it's two set violin have I not told you? So they're a really no. great YouTube like duo. It's basically they're two violin, like professional violin uh, players, cool um, musicians, and they uh, do a bunch of different videos. Some some reacting to things. Some like uh, just um, you know talking about different instruments, talking about different pieces. Like a lot of them are really funny. A lot of them are very uh, educational, um, hmm. and like. They're actually like pretty damn good at playing as well. Um, so yeah, I would check them out. <laughs> and they're Australian, which cool. Uh, I don't know. So maybe Ruben and Elliot have heard of them. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think that I'm trying to remember why they used to play it or why uh, it's associated with um, circus music. I want to say that like during like an intermission or something for the circus, that would like was one of the pieces that they played i think hmm. um but it's a bop it's a bop man <laughs> i could be slightly wrong on that because i don't remember where i found it and frankly uh 
I don't think I have it in me to Google it that much. So someone probably knows exactly why. But um, but yeah, Entry of the Gladiators is a circus music. Um, and it's pretty awesome. So Sweet. Yeah. So you saying it's like ASMR. It's like extra funny. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. I'm going to just send you a YouTube thing, Malia. Just so you can listen to it. And uh, I, yeah, I recommend everyone go look it up. Entry of the Gladiators. It's pretty sweet stuff. Cool. Well, I hope your throat feels better soon. Oh, this is random, but I'm assuming this is 100% correct because I just happened to uh, scroll down on this YouTube thing. But someone actually put why the song was associated with clowns. So uh, they said... The song is associated with clowns because when circuses had backstage problems and the current scheduled performers needed more time, they'd play this song and send the clowns to do an improv session while everything got sorted out. (laughs) That's nice. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you. I sound, I sound a lot worse than I feel. It's mostly my throat just being, uh, I don't know, mad at life, I guess. Um, And I'm sleepy, but I made a pretty sweet pound cake, Malia. Ooh. Um, I was trying to like get in the New Year spirit, and so I was like, I want to make something with champagne, and so I made a champagne raspberry uh, flavored pound cake. Wow! I overbaked it slightly, so it's oh. a little on the dry side, but it's fucking delicious. Does it and taste like I champagne? Yeah, a little bit. It does. Cool. So I, I, I took s- some. Uh, I mean, really cheap ass champagne, but whatever, it's fine. I took like I got fucking Andres, which I, I mean, if anybody knows, you know anything about that? No. Um, I mean, I don't know much about champagne, but I just remember Andres is like the cheap shit. Cool, you know. Um, but I poured some of that in the saucepan and reduced it for like a really fucking long time, and used that for flavor <laughs> in place of uh, what was supposed to be lemon juice. Oh, because I followed a lemon pound cake recipe and so i put like some of that and then instead of vanilla extract i put in some raspberry extract wow i'm i know i'm impressed with myself it's pretty damn good you're quite the baker (laughs) i try i try to bake my heart out sometimes (laughs) i feel like i'm starting to ramble which is probably not that great when my voice being (laughs) fucked up so i probably should stop talking but i'm not gonna lie it's pretty legit i also try to make java cakes and I made them. The jellies. What, have you ever I had a Jaffa cake? The what? <laughs> Jaffa cake. You fucking. You've been to like the UK and shit. Okay. It's like <laughs> you step off the plane. They're like, have this Jaffa cake. <laughs> oh, you're only in Heathrow for a layover. No Jaffa cake for you. <laughs> fucking face. Fucking face. So <laughs> I want to say it's a cookie, but it, I think it's actually technically a cake. But it's like the size of a cookie and like pretty like. Like, yeah, relatively thin. Has mm. a little like circle of uh, jelly on top. Um, like, not. It's not the the. T- it's firmer than Jello, but it's like a little thing of jelly. Um, you know those like jelly sticks covered with chocolate. If you've ever had those, now okay, okay, apparently you haven't. So <laughs> never mind. It's firmer than Jello, and then it, the and then the cake and the jelly are covered with the chocolate. Wow. Um, and they come in like a pack. Like, Why are they called like Jaffa? Cookies. I don't fucking know. That's a great question. <laughs> Why do they call it Jaffa Cakes? Jaffa Cake 
Jaffa? Name. Jaffa. Origin. Um, it's, oh, apparently it comes from Jaffa oranges. Huh. Because they're usually orange flavored. Huh. So, yeah. They were first introduced to the UK in 1927 by McVitie's, which I think that's a digestive company. Um, and the name comes from the orange flavored jam from Jaffa oranges. And digestives the, in this case being like the cookie things, not like something yeah, that helps you digest. Exactly. I mean, I guess they probably, I don't know. They, it's like, that's like the most, that's like the least appetizing name for a cookie or biscuit. <laughs> but, so I'm like, maybe it does help you digest. I don't know. Maybe like they were trying to market and be like, see, see oh, yes, parents, it's healthy. Meal. It's a digestive. <laughs> I feel like the, there's a French word that's like digestif. So maybe it comes from that. I don't know. I don't understand. I never heard of a digestive before I, uh, I think, went to wherever the fuck I went to first. Somewhere in, I think it was, I, well, I went with you guys to London, but I don't think we tried anything like that. So maybe it was when I went to Scotland. I saw a digestive in the store and I was like, well, they look, that's a terrible name, but they look like <laughs> cookies. So I'm going to try it. And I was like, wow, these are a lot better than I would have expected them to taste like. <laughs> that name but they gotta rebrand <laughs> pre-market yeah they're kind of like it's not really the same because it's like a different texture and not exactly the same taste but i guess the closest i'd thing i'd maybe compare it to would be like a graham cracker but it's not mm. really the same as a graham cracker but i've heard you can use digestives for s'mores mm. um which actually sounds pretty good i would totally do that yeah i love s'mores it's good stuff they had some mores at my uh, Christmas party for work. Like, did really you roast them yourself, or they just were yeah. like, <gasps> like, so it was like, it was really <laughs> random. It was it was a super cool party. Um, people keep talking about like no one came, which is really weird because there were like at least like 30, 35 people there. So I'm like, people definitely went, but I guess That's it's usually good. a bigger showing. I know, um, um, but like. It was at one of the doctor's houses and they set up this mm. tent in the backyard, like a really big tent. And they put like uh, some like there were supposed to be smokeless fire pits um, and or like very low smoke fire pits. But they also put a couple like wood burning stoves in there. Unfortunately, they didn't really have a good way to like vent out the smoke. And so it became yeah. smoky as fuck. But the bright yeah. side was they had, did have really long yeah, a little bit. I had to keep, like, I mean, I just stepped outside and I was fine because I was an idiot and didn't bring my inhaler. But I was like, well, at least I'm surrounded by a bunch of, you know, nurses and doctors. And <laughs> so I guess that's a that's a plus. Um, but uh, yeah, they were, they had like a big, like fancy thing of marshmallows and like mm. they had, you know, uh, I think they had stuff for some wars. I just got some marshmallows and roasted them because I was like, I just want the marshmallow. I, the first one I did, I did really, really fucking carefully and it was perfect. And the second one I tried to do carefully and it caught on fire anyway. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to eat it. Um, I, I like first, them a little bit but, burnt. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind them, but like if you've ever, I don't know. I feel like just the time and effort you put into like perfectly roasting yeah. marshmallow and getting all brown and it's like perfectly like toasty, like on the outside and melty in the middle. It's just like. Yeah ideal it's like fucking perfect but it does take like a lot of time yeah um also is a random thing um because i'm i'm already rambling it's too late uh <laughs> they uh, did a white elephant um gift exchange at the party which i didn't partake in because i was on call and so i was like i'm not gonna bring a gift and 
take a gift because if I get called in before I get my fucking gift, I'm going to be <laughs> ticked. <laughs> so, um, which I don't know if that's a universal thing. Do, do, do you think other people know what white, white elephant is? Oh, we should. You know yeah, yeah, we should explain you know it, it just in case. Yeah. So um, basically, like, um, everyone brings, like, a gift. Um, and it's, it's what, usually, like, what, 20, 30 bucks, sometimes up to 50, depending mm-hmm. on, like, but I think generally, how like, around you $30. Are. Yeah. <laughs> how rich you are. And a lot of times they make, like, a gift limit. And so you wrap your presents um, and you just put them under the tree. And then you have to draw numbers um, from, like, one to however many people brought presents, like, one to I don't know, 20. Um, and if you're number one, you have to, you're the first one that picks a present. So you have to pick it. Um, and at least, is, okay, so these are the rules that were at like my Christmas party. So you can tell me if anything was different, but um, pick a gift and unwrap it. Um, the next person who's like number two can either choose to pick a new gift and unwrap it, or they can steal the first person's gift. So if they steal the first person's gift, the first person has to open a new gift. Um, at our party, they said the max times you could steal a gift was twice. Um, and then oh. that person got to keep it. That's um, Just but, keep fucking stealing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the person who's number one um, also gets to like steal or pick another gift at the very end just so that they're not completely screwed over, which is kind of nice. That's nice. Um all out to say, um, <laughs> someone, uh, I don't know who it was, but like someone, cause a lot, sometimes they're, the gifts are good. Sometimes they're like total gag gifts. I feel like if it was me, I'd maybe do one of each. Cause I'm not going to give somebody like, uh, someone actually got like a, uh, toilet putt golf thing to where like, you're supposed to put it a little golf green mat in front of your toilet <laughs> and uh, while you're sitting there you can put <laughs> and, yeah, while you're pooping or whatever um <laughs> that's all they got <laughs> so <laughs> awesome <clears throat> actually i think they also got like a a book to read on the toilet too so it was a oh, themed gift okay. which is very nice yeah um but anyway so like um one of the gifts someone was opening had a fucking like spam can ornament um and everybody thought it was from me (laughs) people were looking at me like oh jenny that's your gift (laughs) but i was like i didn't even bring a gift but that's brilliant i didn't bring bring one but everyone was like oh jenny that's yeah (laughs) i'm like "Ah, what else was in that gift i remember it was the spam can and then there was also like some some calendar that was had some like swear words on it i don't remember what it was but it was funny Fun. it was, but i don't know um but yeah it was a spam can so everyone thought it was for me so <laughs> i guess i'm gonna have to bring something spam related next time if i do the white elephant in undergrad i played white elephant and i got a plunger <laughs> i had that plunger. plunger for a really long time <laughs> okay they didn't give you anything else they just give you plunger. no it's just a plunger <laughs> Fucking kidding me because it was like a really big box and people were avoiding it and not taking it and i was like you know what i need to know what's in that box (laughs) it was a plunger (laughs) maybe at least put like a gift card no it was awesome i don't know it was i i loved it i'm glad you liked it i I would have been like guys no one's stealing this gift (laughs) no one stole Um, it no (laughs) that's fucking shocking um Ah, but yeah, that's the risk of white elephant. I don't know why it's called white elephant. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, uh, you should go heal your uh, voice 
Unless I you're should, gonna Google but I'm going to tell you first. first. Um, apparently, uh, although a white elephant used to be considered a sacred and tremendously valuable an- animal in Siam, being given one as a present by the king could be the worst thing to happen to you uh, because they were useless. <laughs> they were fucking useless. They were... <laughs> <laughs> they were deemed to be sacred. They weren't allowed to be worked and required special expensive food and housing, uh, making them particularly pricey pachyderms. So they used to give away white elephants to anyone who pissed them off or fell out of favor so they'd be forced to spend a fortune keeping the precious animals. <laughs> they couldn't get rid of it, so they would be ruined financially. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's fucking... That's, that is, uh, that's devious. Because, like, in person, it's like, yeah, look, I'm doing this really great thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving you this really, really priceless gift. But, but it's a plunger. <laughs> it's, a, it's essentially, now, a plunger is a lot more useful than a white elephant. And you don't oh, have yeah. to spend a bunch of money to upkeep, upkeep a plunger. Yeah. And you can't, like, and you can throw away a plunger, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's wild stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know that I did not expect that to be the name origin of that. But uh, all right. We learn something new every day. Guys get multiple facts. I'm dropping. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> to make up for our last okay. week. That's right. All right. I'm going to go to sleep because I got to work tomorrow. So okay. uh, peace out. Uh, happy New Year. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> that was so sad. <laughs> that was very pathetic. Whoop. It's okay. Huzzah. Huzzah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.